on the spencer of the pez Doking out at the cons, renaissance fest Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch As that uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch Turn to the letter F in your dictionary And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby Fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with Derek McCall. You know what's so weird? Like I, I heard all the harmonies. I don't think anybody else did, but I totally felt that's awesome. Like in a fifties uh, thing, awesome. I want to buy soap now. <laughs> A lot of reasons why. Uh, this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting nearly live. I say nearly live because by the time you're listening to this, it's I've not live. How about you? Uh, from Convolution 2012. As, yes. As we've been promising for weeks, here we are, and it's it's lovely. I like this open-air atrium we've got. And uh, to my right, uh, my guest announcer this week, and of course, Hugo Award-winning Announcer. I just love hearing you say that. Oh, uh, okay. Christopher J. Garcia is here in the house. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, uh, I stopped being live. And uh, to my farthest right. I'm watching the skies. I'm waiting for birds to sweep down on us. It's just not going to happen. It's closed off. Oh, yeah, okay. Pterodactyls then. Okay, so podcast producer and Mr. Observant. Rick Brett Snyder. Okay. Moral uh, Compass. N- you can, you can say it. It doesn't mean it's it right. It does. It doesn't mean it's right it anymore. It does. Nope. And so we got a lot of things to catch up on. Of course, this is our chance to be with an audience after the news that caused an emergency podcast last Indeed. week. And we get to follow up with that. Uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm wearing the Disney watch to represent uh, the slow taking over of all of American and culture. I'm, I'm all in black. Uh <laughs> And, okay, and you bought that shirt at Disneyland, right? Uh, no, and oh, and and Chris too is like this last holdout wearing a Dr. Seuss shirt, like the last unpurchased <laughs> intellectual property in America. And uh, Seussland is coming. Oh, is coming. It, it's uh, it, no, it's uh, it's already at, at Universal. I was an adventure. There is a Seuss. Yes, and sorry. So we'll talk about uh, some of that. We'll talk about some movie news. There's some really interesting things happening in comic book movies this week. Uh, there's also some great news in comics and a little bit of television catch up, perhaps. But first, we have letters, which I have been remiss. Wow, really? I think we've had one of these letters. I think we've had for Self-issue. a couple of weeks. Well, here's the thing is that this one letter came in from a guy who was clearly at least a year behind in listening to the podcast. Well, that's good. And he's working his he's way working forward. He's working his way forward. He's working his way forward. That's so an education. We, that's a free education so I promised him that you know by the time he got to it, we'd have read the letter. I can't wait for that new Harry Potter film. Which is a real... Sheesh. <laughs> uh, do you think that, that Darth is really Luke's father? Um, no, it's actually from a guy named Greg Whitehead. We're hearing from Middle America... Uh, actually, we are hearing from rural Ohio. So a that's where John Scalzi lives. Uh, There's still rural in Ohio. There is. Okay. This man, gentleman's name is Greg Whitehead. Hey guys, so I'm the guy that you think can't exist. 
from rural Ohio. Santa. Diesel mechanic. Huge fan of Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin. Wow. Listens to country music. Drives a lifted Chevy that gets six or seven miles a gallon. Less if I'm having fun. Hunts. Church every Sunday. And Dad! Dot, dot, dot. I'm a fanboy. Just wanted to say I'm a big fan of your podcast, despite the fact that you seem to all be commies. <laughs> With the exception of Chris Garcia, who is clearly just a, a fascist dictatorship. That's uh, right. Anyways, America. anyways, I really appreciate the dedication that you all have shown over the years and the quality of show that you produce. Due to my own personal idiosyncrasies, I had to start with podcast number one and work towards the present. Wow. So slowly we shed our British accents because the British guys from the BBC no longer had me on. And slowly we shed Michael Goodson. And then, and then Rick came on, so I don't know where they are. Anyway, I'm sure at least one of you know how's that, how, knows how that can be. No, we're not familiar with that kind of obsessiveness. Awkward pause. Uh, ever since the early episodes, I've thought of writing to ask for more of Steve What's-His-Face, the store manager. That would be uh, Steve, Steve Simonetti. Simonetti. Uh, it's hard to pin Steve down. He's not so much a person what, what as exactly a state of What exactly more mind. of Steve did he want? I know. Um, you know we've Baking s- hints? Or? We've seen more of Steve, and, and no. we're still in therapy. Uh, yeah. I just started episode 99, and Rick said Steve is going to host that episode, so I'm happy for that. I don't remember if that happened. I- I don't think he actually hosted But I don't think so. No, I think you were out of town or something. It was okay. right before 100. It was a threat, wasn't yeah, it? 99 100. I'll email you no. again when I get to the present podcast, if not before. Keep it up, especially you, Lon. <laughs> well, you know, I hate to say this. We, we've never addressed this, but, uh, Greg, uh, Lon is keeping it up separately, I guess. Uh, his he's work, working on his, other projects. He's working on other projects, and his work and his day job commitments, honestly... Uh, became so crushing. That he was in a bar. He got hit in the back of the head. No, I'm he's not going to go with that. I'm going right to be now. honest. No, we wish him the best in his future endeavors. No, uh, <laughs> if someday he can, he has time to come back. He'll come back. But right now, uh, he's sort of a reporter at large for Fanboy Planet, working on his own projects, and hopefully. Someday he will return to the podcast, but we cannot see that in the foreseeable future. So we hadn't addressed that, and you're the first person to mention it, so we thought that now is a good time. And also, number issue episode 99 is very good, because I believe that is the one where I am called on to play uh, Virtual Derek at one point. Oh, you know what I like about episode 99? Hmm. You had not yet won a Hugo. No, I had not. <laughs> so, no. uh, and you're in for a treat for issue 100, episode 100. Because I'm on that one too, and that's where I believe where I institute the christeners. Oh, Let's okay. hear from all our christeners. No, oh, oh, that wow. that would explain why Greg Whitehead is not claiming <laughs> to be a christener. So uh, we go now to a letter from Troy. Uh oh, Chris just got called out. Um, I, very intimidating. Uh, we got an email. We did mention we're live at a convention, <laughs> and there are, there are unique individuals coming by all the time. Yes, and some of them are sitting at the table. And uh, we got an email from uh, one of our reporters at large, Troy Benson, who has a really good question. And it's, we get to start off comics. He always has good questions. He does. We get to start off comics this way. How come no one in Gotham City has ever asked where the billionaire, billionaire Playboy's son came from? I suppose billionaire Playboy is part of the answer to the question, but in the real world, there would be a frenzy amongst the media to find out who Damien's mother is. Yeah. And in Damien's case, his mother is an international terrorist. The thing is, I think there have been so many 
kids in that role. Right. Bruce, they're just used to, like, I get him confused. Do you get him confused? Well, I that's confused it. Too. That's it. Like, yeah. so I think it's that, all that, a blur. That raises other questions, Rick. There have been so many kids, so many boys <laughs> in and out of Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, wait, this actually does bring a serious question to mind. It does. Um, in the comics, at one point, isn't it, I don't think it's blatantly said, but isn't it, like, intimated that... Uh, Bruce Wayne more or less owned all the media outlets and was feeding, I want to say in the 80s. Uh, no, the he owned, there is indeed Wayne, Wayne Corps and Wayne Tech, but not all the media outlets are owned by Bruce Wayne because there's also LexCorp. Oh, that's right. So yeah. Lex Luthor definitely diametrically opposed. But to given the cable broadcast restrictions into different, different districts, so they're both like ABC affiliates, they wouldn't cross over. He's right, uh, right. But I would say, but it, but it, honestly, like ABC being Disney versus uh, Warner being CW. Now you're getting meta. They're going to be no. I'm just saying they're in the same. Uh, you know, there's no place where a major network would not be in. It's not like we're talking a, a, a loose aggregation of UHF channels like CW. Well, I'm just talking about local affiliates versus versus the big right. Bruce, but no, Bruce doesn't own all of them because he can't. The other ones would. Uh, well, it used Do to we be still have Galaxy Broadcasting. Galaxy Broadcasting. We would also still have had. Does Lex own any? In the new no, Galaxy is owned by Morgan Edge, which right. is secretly owned by Darkside. Right. So uh, the other one would be. Um, at no longer in existence, but uh, Alan Scott had uh, a media conglomerate in Gotham City. Yeah. So he owned many of the broadcast stations. So uh, who knows? But it's an interesting question, and uh, it does bring up because I really enjoy was uh, noting I read Batman Incorporated, the latest issue, which is, As did I. which is bringing the Leviathan versus Batman to a head yes. all over battling for possession of Damien yes. again. So uh, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting question, Troy. I don't have a good answer. And no one sitting at the table here seems to have a better answer either. So, hmm, we'll have to figure out why is no one talking about it. Or maybe Grant Morrison will address that. Maybe. And I don't want to give spoilers to the end of Batman Incorporated, but it certainly made an interesting turning point. Maybe he's just too big for them to mess with. I think Troy would argue, is there anybody in our real world that is too big for them to mess with? Yeah. Who? Who does not get reported 24-7 on? Bill Gates. When was the last time you heard a Bill Gates report? Are you saying that Bill Gates' child is has been mothered by an international terrorist? I'm not not saying that. <laughs> is that a double negative? I'm going to parse that. I don't think that Bill Gates' story is any more as sexy because certainly Microsoft itself as a company is doing enough to cause people <laughs> get attention. True. You know, who wants to talk about Bill Gates when you got but Windows there are all 8? Kinds, there are all kinds of people who have their children are very private from the new, news media. That's, that is true. Yeah. That like, is true. you don't see pictures of Bill Gates' kids. Well, and in all the kerfuffle in the last week, we are not talking about George Lucas's kids. Yeah. Which he has many who are now, I believe, adults, young adults. Yeah. And all mothered by international terrorists. So. Uh, well, they're adopted, so it's possible. Wow, wow. You know, who needs Lon when we have you <laughs> saying blatantly ignorant things uh, to cause people to write in? So write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. So let's talk about comics, shall we? Uh, the first thing that I brought my picture uh, is uh, that Marvel... Uh, teamed with the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, you know how little I care about. I didn't realize they'd moved from New Jersey. Is that Jersey. basketball? That is basketball. 
to create a sort of butterfly catching league or anything? No, uh, no. I knew the New Jersey Nets. They've apparently moved to Brooklyn. Okay, and they've created the Brooklyn Knight, who made his debut last night, Saturday night, November third. Really, at their new uh, stadium. And so this is like a mascot kind of thing? Uh, yeah, you, it's a small picture you can see. Uh, I don't know how to get – this is the flaw in my using uh, notes. Let me get rid of the keyboard. That didn't work. Uh, Try uh, double-clicking the picture. Nope, just to select or select all. But anyway, you can see him lowering uh, in his armor, and it's spelled awkwardly, B-R-O-O-K-L-Y. K N I G H T. Okay. So it's both Brooklyn Knight and a play on people saying Brooklynite. And everybody who attended last night got a Marvel comic written by Jason Aaron and drawn oh. by Mike Deodato. Of the Brooklyn Knight? Uh, for, of the Mar- yeah, it was done by Mar- Marvel Custom, which we years ago at Comic Con, you know, we done like a prisoner comic book from uh, yeah from TNT. Yeah. So I've never seen it done by so high profile a team right now. Jason Aaron is one of the Marvel architects. Mike Deodato is, of course, a uh, well known artist as well. So really high profile talent. So a lot of money. Had so what's to, that going for on eBay now? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, it doesn't seem that I, I can't imagine outside it's a of Brooklyn. Book. I mean, having. A dim recollection of thumbing through an NFL Super Pro. Oh, I'm not sure that this <laughs> that this book will actually be of any readability. But if you're an NBA fan, I guess uh, it's what villains would he fight? Doing, I don't know. Chocolate Thunder. Dominique Dawkins is the villain on every issue, and I will read every single one of them. Okay, I would think, and just any other team, uh, yeah. Knickerbocker, yeah. the Warrior, <laughs> the Warrior. <laughs> The warrior starts off well and then is immediately <laughs> defeated. Uh, <laughs> At the first sign of success. The Laker. The, the Laker. Laker who just drowns his opponents. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, the Magic. Uh, so, the Bull would be good. Anyway, so, uh, the Chicago Bull. You're starting to write this stuff. I Well, they're not asking me. But anyway, uh, so uh, that was kind of interesting. This week, Vertigo launched, and it released on Halloween, and actually really good... Uh, book that has one of the best Jeff John stories I've read in a long time, but I got really annoyed for other reasons with this book. Uh, Ghosts, an anthology called Ghosts, reviving that old DC title. Right. So nine nine stories, most of which are directly supernatural. One just sort of uses the it's a sci-fi story by uh, Paul Pope that uses the idea of ghost as a word to kind of riff off of. Okay. Um, but it, it's not supernatural. It, it's, it's hard sci-fi. And uh, there's a dead boy detective. And I, I was resentful of the cover copy because it says, Neil Gaiman's dead boy detectives. And Neil Gaiman has nothing to do with the issue, but he did create the dead boy detectives, or the dead boy detectives. And uh, what was annoying about that is that it's the first chapter in a, in a longer story arc for the dead boy detectives that says, to be continued in the next Vertigo anthology. Not saying what title that is we should be looking out for no. or what, but other than... Just buy them all. you got to be safe. Yeah. Right. Other than that cliffhanger, huh. uh, it was good. And the Jeff John story, which he uh, teamed up with Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire uh, drawing it, is about a guy whose uh, brother is dead and communicates with him still. So he hires, he hires out to uh, haunt houses to get rid of uh, 
people that are just kind of morally suspect, and uh, he, he just clean up the neighborhood, cleans up the neighborhood, you know. Um, yeah, and it was a, kind of a interesting to re- to read a story by Jeff Johns going straight into the supernatural. They could either be a great one shot, but there's an implication that it could be more. But it was just a really nice little oh, nice short story fit into an anthology, really tightly written, clever. It's got a morality to it. Jeff Lemire's art is interesting, and uh, so I would say that was a it was a fun book to get. Then you can still pick it up in your local shop. I don't Jeff, know if you, Jeff Lemire, what did he else did he do? Uh, Sweet Tooth, and he writes uh, Animal Man right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, or Swamp Thing. I always forget which one is which, but uh, he's a good good writer. I like writers. I know you do. Okay, in uh, in end of the world news in comics, uh, this weekend while, while all of you guys were here at Convolution, they had the Long Beach Comic Con, and at yeah. the IDW panel, something that everybody at the panel hoped was a joke but turns out to be actually true, IDW will be launching in February a four-issue miniseries, Mars Attacks Honey Boo Boo. I am excited. Do they want to take her back to Mars or just get rid of her? Mars needs boo-boo. Mars needs boo-boo. Yogi beer? No. No. If you, uh, Hopefully you've not actually seen anything up Here Comes Honey Boo-boo. Oh, I've seen enough. <laughs> so you saw a commercial. That would be enough to me. Yeah, be far enough. <laughs> that was far enough. I saw some stuff about her being interviewed on a program and just being like an it. Obviously, a child who eats all the wrong stuff. Right, and she uh, oh, she has endorsed Barack Obama. Okay, which but is not strongly. Which is almost enough to make me say, "All right, I'll vote Romney." Uh, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's how horrible. No, I don't mean to besmirch this poor young child, but I, but as I've told my students, oh no, it's not her; it's her mother. If you think Lindsay Lohan became a horror show meltdown, imagine what's go- what we're going to have on our hands with Honey Boo Boo in when the future. When she hits eighteen. When she hits 12. <laughs> and, and, and she finally can drive. <laughs> well, <laughs> the tractor off the field and onto the freeway. Yeah. Uh, so that terrifies me. Uh, but this does bring us. We, we just talked politics. We, a question was raised on uh, Bleeding Cool this weekend. And I think I want to expand the question is, <clears throat> since uh, after the last election, 2008, Barack Obama... Managed to get on the cover of Spider-Man and Greatest American Hero number three, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, that, uh, the, the question I would put out to you guys is, if Mitt Romney wins... This Archie. Is not, this is not an endorsement. Which cover does he land on? Jughead. Okay. Archie has actually already had Sarah Palin and Barack yeah. Obama I'm going to say Jughead, then. Jughead? Jughead. Mitt and Romney they'll have a war Jughead. of wits, which Jughead will narrowly win. Well, that might be there. But Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt Romney on the cover of the Lobo revival. Yes, it'll be great. Wow. <laughs> okay, Chris, I can't even further that discussion. I thought maybe that would be a fun debate with audience members, but you have just the final word. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. The main man and the Bane man. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. You just wrote the cover copy. <laughs> I did. Again. Marvel, DC, hire me. For God's sake, I'm doing so much of your work for you. Let's talk movies. <laughs> oh, ow, it hurts. Um, so, over the weekend, 
uh, another a, a great rumor of things that I want to see. I don't want to see Mitt Romney on the cover of Lobo. This is not a political endorsement or lack thereof. I'm just saying. A matter of taste. A matter of taste. <laughs> uh, but a, a film project that I don't know if it will ever happen because it comes from rumors swirling around Guillermo del Toro. And there have to be at least five or six Guillermo del Toro projects that people have wanted you to see You can actually get an badly. app for your phone that will generate them. And if you can't, <laughs> dude, we've talked about this. Maybe we should start developing one. Uh, they just be track track your Del Toro rumors. Exactly. And um, so Latino Review reported that there is a project in the works. Uh, and I'll, I'll give it credence only because, like, quietly, you know, we've heard about Remember there was the Supermax project where all the supervillains were there and Green Arrow was trapped inside the prison. That's mm-hmm. ne- never come to fruition, but the script right. was there. Uh, we know that... They had developed a separate from the George Miller project a Justice League of America script that obviously now has been officially announced, but that's been worked on, been in the works for at least a year. And we know that Star Wars Episode Seven over at Disney has been, is in pre-production before they even announced that you yeah. know that was that was open. So this one, the, t- the tentative title is called Heaven Sent, directed by Guillermo del Toro, featuring the supernatural heroes, quote unquote. Of the DC Universe. The Just Phantom second. Stranger. Could you go ask Steve if he'll have some time to sit with us? I talked to him about it on a Friday. Yeah. Take a seat, put some headphones on so you can hear yourself. Oh, excellent. There you go. Okay, one of the great things about being... Are you recording now? Yeah. That's okay. what we're Never stop. One of the great things about being at a live convention podcasting is that we get a, we occasionally get the honor of, of some of the guests of honor to be able to sit and join us. So we have... Now sitting at the table, Steve Jackson of the eponymous Steve Jackson Games. One of the great things about conventions. Hi. You need to come, <laughs> you need to come in a little closer because I turn the gain up too much. You're going to be there. You go. All right. So uh, one of the great things about conventions. <laughs> now we're getting closer to the mic. And Fanboy Planet kills another, <laughs> another wow. fan favorite. Pardon me. Cough drops work better when you don't inhale them. Oh God. Oh. And that was Steve Jackson. And that was Steve Jackson. Steve Jackson game. (laughs) Everyone. Okay. Uh, In the words of the late, great Bob Aspirin, time out for technical adjustments. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. Except, you know, he would usually have a tully in his hand. Usually. I I wouldn't say always. (laughs) I could totally go for that as a technical adjustment right now. Sometimes there was no tully, but Bob was tough and made do. All right. (laughs) So we have Steve Jackson, Steve Jackson Games, and uh, I, you know, he obviously, Steve knows you, Rick. Well, I, I picked him up on the, at the airport on Friday, and and, and you accepted the ride, so, <coughs> and you made it here safely. I had to get her somehow. Yes, you know, Chris, you don't know me. I'm Derek McCaw. Nice to meet you, Steve. Uh, of course, uh, Rick, I'm going to defer to you because you are more of the hardcore gamer than I am. Yeah, by more of the, I mean, you are a hardcore gamer. Well, I've been I've been following Steve's, Steve. Steve. Basically, was my gateway drug with. Uh, wow, is with, that an honor? <laughs> with that, probably ogre, ogre in the three dollar. That's one I hear envelope. occasionally. Yep. Yes, yes, it's an honor to have dragged so many people into this. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the right price for a college student at the it's time okay. with time in their hand and no money. Munchkin is pulling them in now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> okay. The the first role playing game I ever played was GURPS. Okay, and we only had one book. So we had to reverse engineer from the martial arts book how to play the entirety of the game. Uphill, both ways, <laughs> in the snow. Wow. And I have to say, republish GURPS Steampunk. 
I so want it. I'm pretty sure that's out in PDF. You can grab it that way. Yeah. There. I'll show you how to get it. I love that. <laughs> the uh, the actually my it's where we get that kind of permission. That's I'm going to get get real geeky. Well, we sell it. Oh, oh. that's right. Yes, I did. You have my permission to give me money. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's why I was going to show. Just just on the slightest whim. I mean, yes. Yes. I w- my my role playing game was not Dungeons and Dragons. My role playing game was the Fantasy Trip. Oh, wow. That I started with Melee and Wizard, and then moved mm-hmm. into Fantasy Trip, and mm-hmm. we played the heck out of that system. And then that one was a metagaming project. Yes, that that was metagaming, and they never sold the rights. And they still have the rights? Is there some living person who owns the rights to that game? I... <laughs> you never get requests for it anymore. Uh, no, no, I get questions about it, but I don't have any information. Uh, the founder and owner of metagaming was Howard Thompson. I have not heard that he had passed away, okay. but he distanced himself from the hobby. Oh. He got tired, and he pulled up stakes and left, which not very many people have the intestinal fortitude to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a shame, because those books, when they're on eBay, go for big money. And, yeah. oh. Anyway, uh, you have probably, besides the fact that Munchkins is just going, going strong and mm-hmm. a, a basically a cash machine for you, uh, you had turned a different kind of cash machine recently through Kickstarter, and that was with the new release of Ogre. That was with the big new Ogre, yes. That was a, an amazing level of success. And th- this, is, this is just to put, some, put a spin on uh, or some no, point t- on it. We, we've talked about Ogre before on the podcast. We have we talked about Ogre, but I, the size of the box is, how, how large is this? I can't tell you in inches so all you people out there in podcast land i'm i'm holding my hands That's more than two three feet and a, a half feet more than two feet apart and then i'm moving them again and they're maybe a little it's less than two, two and a half apart. feet now i'm holding them again and they're about four and a half inches we really don't know the height yet you don't know the height yet uh, but yes so far about the size of a star wars action figure and and the right. and the sol- the solid boards inside, so the weight is going to be yes. pretty hefty too. We have people wow. asking where they're going to put the box, and I tell them I expect you to live in it. Exactly, <laughs> but you did you did actually as a Kickstarter extra sell a specific bag. Yes, to carry it around. There's in. a huge canvas bag made in, in which will fit the ogre box, which has a shoulder strap. And you'll be able to tell the ogre players in the future at conventions because they'll walk with one shoulder two inches <laughs> higher than the other. I, miss, I actually funded myself that project. I'm looking forward to getting Thank my you. copy. I did miss out on getting the bag. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm hoping it'll be offered later. Yeah. Um, I have I one question I have always wanted to ask. A serious game designer, game type. What games do you play? Ah. Not as many as I'd like. Uh, I most of my gaming is either at playtest sessions or at conventions where, where sometimes I just get into a game of something else. And then uh, two or three times a year we do an office game day. Everybody punches in but then everybody plays games. Usually not ours. It's not forbidden but it's kind of it would sort of be looked at funny if somebody were to get out munchkin at a game day. <laughs> That's when we bring in the other stuff. And uh, let's see. We had one of those on Halloween, and I couldn't spend the whole day there. But 
most of my time I spent on silly physical action games like Loop and Louie and uh, have you ever seen TikTok Woodman? No, I haven't. That's the one where you have a tree made of plastic pieces yeah. and on your turn <coughs> you can hit it twice with the plastic axe. You're trying to knock off bark pieces but not knock off the core pieces. So to do that, you have to off-center a core piece enough that it will drop the bark piece. It's very clever physical design. It's It's only a German game. It hasn't been brought over in the U.S. On on the one hand, it's mindless, but on the other hand, you'd better think very hard about what you're doing. Yeah, and I love Loop and Louie. Loop and Louie is one of my favorite games. Uh, The first BGG I walked into... The, I went to the middle of the biggest crowd to see what was most popular uh, among these serious Eurogame fans. <laughs> Loop and Louie. Yeah. Well, they, they actually have tournaments. They'll have an elimination-style tournament with you know, 20 okay, Very, very quickly, sets. For, for those of us who might be me, uh, what, is, uh, what do you do in Loop and Louie? Loop and Louie is basically there is a plane on the end of a crane arm, which is balanced so that it spins around the center. The crane arm can go up and down depending on how the individual players hit the plane as it comes by. Now, each individual player has three tokens in front of it. Everybody has a lever. You you don't touch the plane directly. You can whap the lever, and if the plane is very low when it goes over the lever, then you'll kick it up. Uh And then it can land and knock down someone's token. But the art is how hard you hit it, and if you get the arc right so that it hits the token of the person to the left or any of the people other than yourself. And some of the more hilarious things are when people really slam down on it, and Lupin Louie goes up and spins around a couple times because he's gambled and he spins, and comes back down and hits that same person's egg because it made it all the way around. Yes, there... You can, to an extent, defend your own tokens by knocking Louis away, but he can come in at an angle that you can't defend. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Age, so, pro- age appropriation? Oh, you're, you're, your kids would love it. Yeah, yeah they would. Right. They, uh, uh, Sorry, I'd like to have Steve Jackson yeah. to sell me one of his games right. because he's just sold me somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just as long as the kids are old enough not to damage yes. the equipment in excitement when they, they whack. Right. Yeah, no. good, good point. Okay. okay. But it is it is a kids game. It's made it's made pretty ruggedly and you know. But smart kids. They actually made an, a, a version. German kids. They made a version in the U.S. for a short period of time. It was basically smart and fun. It was goofy in the airplane. Yeah. It was a Disney. Oh. Yeah. Oh, why do I not have that? Yeah. You know, okay. Steve, I think you have someone wanting you to sign a couple things. Oh, okay. I, I have an autograph line. Yeah. All right, so tell us. Goodbye, podcast All land. Right. I'll be back. All right, thanks, Steve. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, let me go back into Guillermo del Toro on the list of Guillermo del Toro projects, which includes, I think he's going to do a tar- uh, Tarzan and At the Mountains of Madness, now claiming to do this project called At the Mountains of Madness, being a, a very HP popular Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Right, so right, right. Cool. And then for years, uh, with Tom Cruise, I believe, yes. who had planned to be in the lead. We still don't see that film. No. So, um, so uh, when he's when he announces he has another project he wants to do, it's taken with a grain of salt. And uh, so anyway, uh, he's claiming uh, or agreeing that he is willing to do a project called that will be called Heaven Sent, which would feature the Phantom Stranger, the Demon, uh, the Spectre, John Constantine, uh, who is in the mainstream DC universe. The main again. supernatural the main characters supernatural. in the DC universe. And potentially Swamp Thing. And then the question is, are they, or they still think the Swamp Thing would be best as a separate developed 
film. Does which, somebody else own Swamp Thing, or do they? No, no. But uh, old Michael Uslan has the film rights, and so there might be negotiation that has to go. That's why we had a Return of the Swamp Thing that had all of Alan Moore's oh, concepts right, yeah. uh-huh. uh, completely uh, knocked out of it, <laughs> given into a hatchet job. But you know, they were sort of there. You can sort of get, oh yeah, that idea was from Alan Moore, sort of. You know. Um, so they, it was a really bad rights package back in the 80s when really both companies, DC and Marvel, had no idea how badly they were giving away the store. No, so no Zatanna, no Zatara? Zatanna and Zatara are mentioned in, in thank you for reminding me. So, but who knows? Because yeah. at this point, all I have is a title, which it might not even be the final title. And Guillermo del Toro saying, yeah, I would love to do that. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a grain of salt. This hey, is, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I should, we should note, hang on, stop, you, you, know, you can be part of the audience for a moment, but we should note, we are live at a convention, and Steve Jackson was just able to drop by for a couple minutes because he's at the table next to us signing games and things that people bring to us. That's why he may drop back in again. But we have a Hugo oh, nominee. Wait, no, didn't you win? Slash winner. You're slash winner. winner. So we can have a war now, wait, 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 Hold on, no, 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 no. You're jumping on it. How many times, Mo, were you nominated? Twice, and then you won once. So your ratio is two to one. Chris, how many times have you been nominated? Uh, I've had that honor 14 times. And how many times have you won? Uh, one. Uh, Mo Starkey, come to the microphone. Mo! Yes! How do I feel? We're doing better at a zero to zero ratio. I'm, I'm fine I mean, with really, mine. That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, no uh, failure. Uh, division by zero is not allowed. What? What? <laughs> It's an unreal number, but I yeah. I contend you're unreal, so... Yeah. Fair enough. All right, most Darkies. Most Darkie, my favorite artist in the world. And that's right. The only reason I won a Hugo is because of you. Derek, uh, I want you to soak in that for a minute. <laughs> oh, I, I know full well that if I ever win one, it will be because of you. <laughs> and I will wear your skin to wow. the award ceremony. <laughs> and we've also been joined by Stephen... Stephen Bruce. First. I feel, in, oh, I, yeah. I feel encroached right. upon. So, okay, uh, let, let me ask you go, a question. As... As a fan and we've artist. Got, and Steve Jackson's back at and the Steve table. Jackson. This is the Bye. most acclaimed panel we've ever had here on the Fanboy Planet podcast. This is true. Um, this is twice as many Hugo winners as we've had in years. Um, but, Mo, I have to ask you the most important question. Of your, your, your style of painting, how much of it is amazing as opposed to merely awesome? Awesome is best. It's I, more consistent. See? That is why I keep her around. <laughs> Now, so I, I've turned the gain up on the microphone. You can back it about six inches off from you, and oh. all of you should probably be uh, oh, Okay, about six audible. inches, and yes. then we can all get if in If you all get together, within like a foot and a half. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, now, right. what, what song do we all I know, know? I want you to sing we in harmony. We can do that, but it yes. would be wrong. Uh, <laughs> you can lift the pop filter, too, because that'll help a little oh, bit. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Not all oh, there. Okay. Very right. technical. Now, we've got some great some great folks here, and I have questions for all of you. Then take it away, Chris. But let me ask, actually, just one, one question. It's about conventions, and I think that this will be very important. Uh, when you come to a convention, you're either you're working, you're a guest, and they're putting you to the... But what, what is the one thing you look forward to the most to being at a convention among the fans? Start with Stephen. Yeah, start with Stephen. Okay, you have to understand that I do not come to conventions for business reasons. Okay. Um, you're here for the food? <laughs> I see what you did there. No. That was funny because the food at conventions is usually pretty bad, so you made a joke food's about great it being... Here. Food's great yeah, here. it was. Right. It was expensive. Really expensive. <laughs> Um, no, it, it, it's fun. I love conventions. I have a blast. I can't afford to get too many. 
So when they bring me, then I get to hang out and I get to, you know, sit around, be treated like a god. I mean, you don't... It takes a long, long time to get tired of somebody coming up saying, hey, I really love your work. It takes a long time. I haven't hit that point yet. (laughs) So what part of this could I not like? Also, the... You aim your work at yourself in the sense of you're trying to write a book you wish someone else had written because you want to read it, right? (laughs) Okay, so what that means is the people who do like it are going to be to some degree your kind of people. So then you sit around with them and you find you have stuff to talk about. How about you, Steve? Oh, pretty much what he said, except I've always, to some extent, got my business hat on. Because I make my living at this, and this is, I mean, as, as you were saying, you know, this, this is the core, and I don't want to write any games that I don't want to play. So when I'm hanging around people like me, yep. then that's feedback that I want to find useful. So I'm having a great time, and I'm also learning, thinking evil thoughts, and <laughs> playing games. Awesome. It's I, in just that order. There, there's no first no. place. No. <laughs> uh, I like doing this. I wish I could spend more time at conventions. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mo? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so she's obviously been enjoying it. So, so what do you yes. look, most look forward to? What do you? Oh, uh, uh, just getting inspired, looking at other people and seeing their enthusiasm. Uh, that generates a, 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 a lot of inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see what they're interested in. It's, and, and I'm at the age now, too. This is, this is the only way I can uh, meet with my friends because mm. uh, we're so busy. Once, once I leave here, I'm back in my studio, and I have got about three deadlines, including one including for Journey Planet, I think. Yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> so um, it's, uh, it, it's a chance to relax and be with like-minded people. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Just I just always wanted company, to ask Company, company. I love company. <laughs> and now, um, now I want to ask another question for all of you. Because I've hung out with Steven a couple of times. Um, and all except for the most recent time, we were drinking very heavily. Um, what, what is your imbibe of choice at conventions? <laughs> imbibe of choice. Imbibe of choice. <laughs> if I, don't I have told to you it was all in improv. Lagavulin? That is my second favorite whiskey. But I can't afford it. Yeah, me neither. What's your favorite? My favorite, honestly, is a bourbon. It's oh, Booker's. Okay. I will I've drink that Booker's, Booker's all day fine, long. Yeah. My, my second favorite is probably uh, Lafroig 15. Lafroig is fantastic. I got a, a 1931 bottle of Lafroig from a friend of mine. Sweet. And I said, how much did you pay for this? She said, it's worth more than your car. And I said, I am drinking this slowly. <laughs> Although, to be sure, I've seen your car. <laughs> I, I had this, this guy, uh, Phantom, wanted to, when I lived in Vegas, wanted to get together and play poker. Right? Oh. It sounded like really a fun time. Mm-hmm. And we were going to meet at a casino, and my computer blew up. Mm-hmm. And so I was unwilling to leave the house. I, I talked to him. I said, yeah, I'm just freaking out here because everything is... You know, blah blah blah. But if you want to come over and hang out, feel free. So he took the money he was going to spend to play poker, 
and bought a bottle of 25 year old Macallan. And I'm that that was like 10 years ago. I'm still nursing it. Every once in a while, something really good happens. It's like, all right, I'll have another little sip of that. We're we're, we're an entirely new type of podcast right now. Right. No, I, 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 you, you don't. I've turned the gain up on that one. I mean, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. The recovering Mormon goes, really? Tell me more. Uh, <laughs> so. But yeah, I know, and we have. Um, so you were a long time in Minneapolis. Did you get everyone's in Bive yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Mo has yes. not spoken. Mo has not spoken. She's reticent. I'm, I'm very boring. It's, uh, you know, the captain and uh, Coca-Cola. Sorry. Good choice. Yeah, my favorite. Which is a great Marvel book coming out soon. Captain, <laughs> <laughs> captain and Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, I love the captain. Okay. Captain America. I, I will stay with the company. I was doing disruptor blasts last night with the Klingons. And if somebody is drinking good whiskey, I will help them with the good whiskey. If I'm just ordering on my own, it will probably be a different sissy drink than I ordered last time. If, if you're drinking with the Klingons, don't drink the blue. <laughs> Uh, we got to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> that needs to be a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, and just just to just to be complete, by the way, if that what I said is true. Nine months of the year, oh. summer, it's all about gin and tonic. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that is a summer drink. And you know, I'm I'm worried about uh, malaria. Yeah, you never yeah. know when you. Oh might. no, absolutely. And you know, absolutely. there's so little malaria. quinine in. Where in, where is your home t- base? Where is your home base? Minneapolis. Minneapolis. There's actually right. so, so little really quinine. There's a lot of malaria. A lot of, there, there. A lot of malaria. <laughs> there's so little quinine in the average I mean, gin and tonic. You, get, you have to drink a lot of them. You do. Too. Yeah, you do. You, do. you really yeah. do. You get a you get a bad cheese. Uh, and you've got a you've got a guest behind you. You should introduce her so that she can pop in. This is my friend Jennifer, Jennifer Melcher Melkert. A fantastic poker player. Took all my money. Um, I am wonderful at poker. Yeah. Both times I've played have been great. Yes. And no joke, at the charity casino, I was looking so forward to playing Steven because I had heard stories of his miraculous poker playing. And he folds every hand but one. We got one hand between us. It was. And we split the pot. It was was actually a pretty incredible drought of, you know. How many times in a row you get nine deuce? But you know that happens sometimes. You don't let it worry you. you well, know. I wouldn't play nine deuce. I'll play seven four like constantly. I noticed, but <laughs> and it got snapped off. That must be really hard. That's my question. Was it psychologically damaging to you when your seven four got beat? It was. It by, hurt. By, it was a nat, It was just some trash hand, wasn't it? A pair of nines. No, no. It was. Nines? It was worse than that. It was a pair of kings. Oh, pair of kings. I mean, yeah. no one would play a pair of kings Who in pair this country, and they weren't even suited. Uh, I know. Isn't that a Disney show? A pair of kings. Yes, yes it is. Uh, it's uh, Raven Simone and uh, no, the girl who played the best friend no, on uh, That's So Raven. Um, wait, there no, are actual like, listeners right now screaming at you for that. Hmm. Uh, no, but they'll be screaming in the future. Okay. It's possible that you could grow artistically through that emotional trauma. Yes, we just course. had we just yeah. had a panel yeah. on that. Uh, yeah, we, we switched rooms, yeah. so it was quite interesting. I've been working on helping Chris grow artistically for twenty years, and <laughs> this no, is not that reminds me of my favorite line uh, from Cheryl Morgan. I have a long and turgid story <laughs> that explains my bad behavior. Oh God. <laughs> Okay. From from Cheryl, I can understand that. Um, that that that's just taking a we while. We have to become see a in. very very different Could podcast right now. This is an interesting feel. I think it's actually we should ask them what they what comics they read. Not, not okay. About Cheryl, but okay, we're gonna we're gonna tie you into what into what our listeners are probably <laughs> like. Just going. Wait a minute. 
But the christeners People are drink. fascinated. Oh, the christeners are fascinated. All three of them. Uh, so, of course, you know, we our main... Two sock puppets. Yeah, though. okay. Shh. Alan Moore's God is who listens to Chris. So, okay, I'll go with that. All right, all hail Glycol. Uh, but Glycon. Uh, sorry. Anyway, uh, since our main thrust of the podcast tends to be comics, I don't know, Mo, you worked on uh, one of the Dracula books from Marvel. I remember you, because we were on a panel no, a few years ago. Not you, Dracula. I, you I were the one of the vampire on tales. Swan, a vampire tales with, uh, with uh, Richard Becker. Yes. Uh, I did do a uh, backup feature for Steve Englehart uh, for uh, Coyote. Okay, uh, there we go. Through the epic. Uh, epic so the question we'll have at this table is, if any of you do read comics, what is your favorite comic right now? Oh, I, 1010. Right now, I've been going back through my 1010s. Through the new hardback editions? Uh, no, I have the old ones. Or you have, you, so you just opened a box and went into I it. opened up the box, I pull out the old ones, and I go through them. The storytelling is absolutely superb. Yeah, and he had a, a brief resurgence last year with the movie, and hopefully mm-hmm. those are still out there. Ten, ten. I okay, the movie good. was good. I, I did too. Yeah. yeah, Steve. I'm not a print comic reader anymore. I oh. I'm a web comic reader. That's all right. Uh, well, so Schlock Mercenary with a nod out to Howard Taylor, who's here. Woo-hoo. Yes, girl he. genius. Mm-hmm. Skin horse and, and anything else she ever does forever. <laughs> uh, a girl in her fed and a few others. Okay. That's quite a list. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Yeah, I love I love Girl Genius. I absolutely adore Schlock Mercenary. Uh, Howard is a great guy. And will be a guest of honor with me at Westercon twenty fourteen in beautiful Salt Lake City. I have to go to Salt Lake City? Yes, you have to go to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. All right, and uh, Mr. Bruce? Um, I hardly read comics at all. I'm dyslexic, and my brain will not process that form of graphic. Oh, interesting. Um, in spite of that, I'll read, you know, anything Neil Gaiman writes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do follow a couple of web comics, uh, XKCD, because, of course, everyone does. Yes. It's a requirement of being a human being that you, you know, and uh, Order of the Stick, because how can you not? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I follow a few web comics, but not not uh, faithfully. And uh, as far as I, I've kind of gotten jaded about a lot of the comics that are coming out today because the characters are just too glum. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're not grim; they're glum. Uh, the um, uh, but I what I love right now is how comics are moving into movies. Uh, the uh, the Avengers movie was comics without gutters. It was it w- it was great. I cried. I was so happy. Uh, uh, comics without gutters is also, I believe, our favorite charity that we uh, support. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah. Yes. Bringing, bringing wow. comics to the gutter-free world. I, I see what you did there. See, that was funny because it sounds like Doctors Without. That was. I caught that. That was good. I love that. That you know what? You could be a regular contributor to our podcast because you're very good at pointing out the obvious. <laughs> and, this is what, and this is what we do. <laughs> I actually, I have to say, I, I actually got that from uh, my youngest daughter, Tony, who is who does insult comedy. And so, 
around the house, we we just started when one of us will make some sort of joke, the other one go, yeah, I see what you I did see what there. You did there. You see, that was funny, and and it's just explain yeah. it to the point where it's not funny anymore. Yes, which is funny. Yes. <laughs> we actually got that you were doing that. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I see what you did there. So when the Fanboy Planet podcast tears apart because we start doing that to each other, we all know Stephen Bruce destroyed us. By the way, you just named the podcast. See what I did there? I don't know. I don't know because I also think that when you're drinking with the Klingons, don't drink the blue. It's too long. Just don't drink the blue, actually. Don't drink the blue. That's my favorite part of coming to a convention, and I'm bitter I didn't have time to to attend the Klingon party. I love drinking with the Klingons. As a producer of the podcast, I'm going to suggest that we go through the rest of this news agenda <laughs> with our guests here to comment as we okay. go through it. Well, we but, were just talking about, but, and, and, and this is great because Mo was just talking about we were on movies it. and we were talking about comic book movies. And a rumor has come up that uh, Guillermo del Toro is interested in producing or, or directing a combination film of DC's supernatural characters, Phantom Stranger, Spectre, uh, John Constantine, the Demon, Zatanna, Zatanna Zatara, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is mentioned as a possibility, but again, his rights might be separated out. If anybody can do it, it'd be him. Yeah. I, I yeah. love Guillermo. Yes. Do you think uh, if it's a DC, they might do as good a job as they did on the last Batman movie? Oh, wait. Okay, well, how about... No, it's... I, job it, as they but, did on Spider-Man? But this wait, is... No, no that, but that was... That was more, uh, but that was Sony. That was uh, but I would say, it's like, it's, it, it's, it depends on... it With Guillermo, you could trust that Guillermo has an instinct. If they had some hack... Like what? I mean, seriously. Well, that's what happened with the Green Lantern movie to me. Is yeah, some hack like Brian Singer. Um, he's a hack now. If if Guillermo is left to do what he does best, like in Pan's Labyrinth, uh, it, it it will be excellent. It will be an excellent because mm-hmm. uh, he 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 feeds well on that on that supernatural mm-hmm. kind of yes. edgy stuff. Yes. Uh, over at Sony, to uh, upset uh, Stephen here, uh, they announced this week that. Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro for the second Spider-Man movie. Whether we call that Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spectacular Spider-Man, Sensational Spider-Man. I think it's going to start being Spider-Man Peter Parker. Amazing. Spider-Man vs. the World Primely. Spider-Man <laughs> oh. up in smoke. And we say goodbye to Jackson. Jackson. Been a joy. He's got a chaos machine to take apart. Oh, is that his? I, I, I walked in the dealer's room and I saw the chaos machine. And I thought, oh. And that was my favorite of their songs, too, what they were performing when I went in. That was great. Oh, okay. They're sort of a synth ska, dark wave sort of thing. It's got. I have no idea what you're talking I about. I know exactly. But what they're the okay. new Hawkwind. <laughs> ooh, ooh, nice. Okay. Uh, so nobody really has any reaction to Electro, uh, but uh, there that Jimmy is. Jamie Foxx will be okay. All right. Uh, you know. And we can say, uh, yeah, so whatever they call it, Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing Cash Cow, either way. Uh, but Amazing Spider-Man comes out on DVD this Friday, I believe. Yes, so uh, there we go. The, um, the real question about Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, the important thing is you, you all remember the first one, the first movie way back. Yeah. Oh, is that the first and one you're going to call? Okay, yeah. The first, first one? The Japanese one? No. Oh, oh. No, I'm going to... That was a TV series. Yeah. What made that work was that Weird Al did a parody of it that was brilliant. Other than that, it was worthless. So if Weird Al will do a good parody of this one, it will have actual value. I see. 
Will he have? Uh-huh. Will, so that's the real question. Will Weird Al do something fun with it? Sadly, I think for this one, the uh, the budget has gone down. They're going to have to get the great Luke Ski. Oh! <laughs> no, I think as producer, you can edit that out. I, I will. I did there. No, no, you didn't, because Luke Ski does our theme song. Uh, so, uh, wow. Chris Garcia, Goodwill Ambassador. Uh, and, and terrorist. And terrorist. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. And, uh, and I'm wait. Damien's mother. We're, nope. And you're, you're Damien's mother? Oh, my God. That explains a lot. Uh, it's for you. <laughs> different, <laughs> it works either way. Yes. Uh, you're a jackal. Universal is planning to adapt la- Lock and Key, Joe Hill's Lock and Key from IDW, into a movie trilogy after, fa- after failing to get it off the ground as a Fox television series. I think uh, that's great. Yes. I think that's awesome. Have you read Lock and Key? Mo, you look uh, no. perplexed. Okay. I believe it was on the Do, do you know who Joe, Ki- Joe Hill year? is? Oh. I dreamt I saw Joe Hill last night. No. <laughs> wow. Why <laughs> you or me? Said I, but Joe, you're 10 years dead. God damn your eyes, said he. Oh, wait. No, I'm confusing two different things. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Back on track. Oh. Well, I'm impressed by Arrow. I, uh, we were going to talk about that. I just yeah, watched the so, pilot this morning. We can yeah. jump around because I guess I've jumped yeah. there. You finally watched the pilot. Uh, because it did show up on Comcast On Demand. Yes. Okay, good. So finally got it and so watched the first. I thought, boy, they're borrowing, they're making uh, Oliver Queen a lot like Hamlet in that first hit, in that first oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, but oh. I think that's still, I think it's got a twist in there too. Uh, well, yeah, b- b- pretending that I knew nothing about the character, it was really good. And then even knowing what I know about the character, I thought, okay, it's still a better explanation than, boy, that guy shoots a mean green arrow. I shall call myself Green Arrow. Uh, What what I liked about it was that the father issue was entirely different, but still what drove him to being a hero. Yes, yes. Uh, And that that was a nice twist at the end of the pilot when we got to that. I was like, he's too big an actor. That brings up a whole interesting thing I hadn't thought of before with comic uh, comic book heroes. How many of them would be drastically improved if they never asked the question, "What drives him to be a hero?" If they just left that and said, "Here he is." I well, mean, think of all the really, really stupid things that wouldn't be done. Well, Stephen, you you bring up a point that we've been arguing on this podcast for a long time. Really? Be, yeah, because basically, the guy who's now the chief creative officer, a very talented man. Uh, Jeff Johns, who kind of oversees everything at DC, has slowly gone through all the characters and given them mommy and daddy issues when they didn't have them before. So I agree with you. I think uh, this is what you know that that what makes a hero. When we were when I was growing up, you read these books and you it was you just got the power. I shall instinctively. Do good. Do good because like you do. because citizens, good citizens, do that. Yeah, but because, but, but mommy. Daddy but now, yeah, now the Flash. I mean, really? Now WTF? the Flash is now the Flash's mom was killed by his father. Oh. Well, his father's in prison, and so he's working both as a police scientist in order to when are they going to exonerate his father? Are they working they're working on, on it. They're yeah. going to do a Justice League film first. Now is what they're okay. saying, and they'll spin all the characters out of that. See, it, it makes them glum. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with that. They even they even had a couple years yeah. ago. They did that with Ray Palmer, the Adam. The Adam learned, it, took the risk, did the heroic thing, knew he could shrink down, was afraid that he would blow up if he did it, but he still did it so he could save kids that were trapped in a cave. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was like, well, that was logical. And then they rewrote the Adam's origin so that he knew there was no risk to himself, but because his brother, a firefighter, had died in an in a collapsed thing, he rushed in. He used the power to save a firefighter, and so it was all still tied into oh, because my brother was a hero who sacrificed himself, and everybody wants to go from that Batman thing. Even Aquaman now, they're saying his human father was killed by Black Manta, who in exchange, an Aquaman killed Black Manta's father, and so they're locked in a death. I mean, like, oh. well, this brings us to, to which to still the, doesn't explain this talking to fish part. Okay, let's, let's talk about the villain for a moment. You yes. know, we, we always hear this. Uh, the villains, villains uh, all you need to do is give a villain a hug. Villains really need to be loved. You know, that's what they're looking for. Uh, it's, uh, because it, we, I guess maybe it's uh, it, it's an American sensibility or whatever that everybody can change or everybody wants to change or wants to be good. Uh, but yet, I've met know, a lot of I bullies, think, and the think, couple uh, I tried to hug, it didn't go yeah, well for me. The, uh, the, the thing about villains is that a lot of times villains just want to be in charge. Uh, they just want to be bad guys. Well, I'll give Michael. Yeah. I'll and, give and, Michael Caine that in the second and, and Dark Knight. It isn't because some people you know, just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. yeah. No, I had a really happy childhood. Very well. And you are a serial killer. And I am a serial killer. It's <laughs> I, just, it's what you I heard like this here do. first from the last podcast we ever do. <laughs> <laughs> if I disappear, Stephen Bruce did it. Uh, oh, so you have just God, left so the door open, Derek. No! <laughs> oh, uh, Chris so Garcia can't did it. I hope at least we get a Hugo for this. So why can't a hero just want to be a hero? Exactly. Well, and we get that. We get that in some of the independent stuff nowadays. Um, Kick-Ass, is bas- that's basically the premise. Yes. It is not he's going out there to... Well, I actually, I actually get that in the new Spider-Man. Oh really? The new uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. He yeah. just gets his powers, and, and I will admit, and he's he's always just going. What would what would Peter Parker have done? Yeah. I, well, there's still kind of a vengeance thing. I mean, or not a, but he's on it. His parents that are was, fine. That was my favorite moment in the Amazing Spider-Man, and I'll also the movie, and I'll also give it my favorite moment in one of the worst Batman films, Batman Forever. The decision that Bruce Wayne goes with Chase Meridian, and he and she says, "You don't have to feel guilty about any of this," and he says, "You're right." But we need Batman. So now he's just going to be Batman, and then they never picked up that idea See, that he wasn't doing revengeance Batman anymore. Batman Forever had Val Kilmer. Yes, it did. That forgives almost everything. I, Thank you. I do enjoy that movie for that reason. I, and, and I think J- and Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey was a great Riddler. Yes, yes he was. Yeah. But who else? What other Batman could have done so much with that one grin? Yeah. Peter Lawford. What Peter Lawford <laughs> could have done more with that one grin? No, no. You covered. You would have covered up his best assets, his eyebrows. JFK. He could have done it. JFK. He should have gone. Yeah, he JFK should have been an actor. He'd still be alive today. Uh, you know what? It's funny. Mike Resnick did an anthology called Alternate Kennedys. I have that out. And anthology. the the one where Kennedy became an actor and uh, replaced Shatner as uh, Kirk. as Kirk oh is the God. greatest story I have ever read. Oh my God! Um, I've Present seen Company that book. I've got to get it now. So, so it's um, so you, it's horror. More or less, yeah. <laughs> but but it's really more Either psychological. Than what's, yeah, what's, yeah. what's next on the agenda, Derek? Uh, you know what? Uh, well, let's just open it up because the other thing we promised to talk about, and then we'll just finish up here, is, you guys, the big news of the week was, of course, Disney buying Lucas and Star Wars 7, the revelation that Star Wars 7 is in production. No one knows anything beyond that. And when I say production, it's really pre-production. because They're talking. I can't believe that anybody would have been cast and that did not leak out somewhere. Uh, I, I would like to speak in a sort in of pro- in a pro uh, stance here, 
Well, I don't think there's any anti-stands. Oh, there's lots of anti-stands. I, well, then they're foolish. Um, Go ahead. You should have heard the uh, Nirvana podcast. My thing is this. I don't listen to them. Uh, one, it does sort of provide uh, the impetus for someone to say to George, you know, jive-talking lizard, probably not the best idea. The Disney, the Disney, the Disney aspect. aspect. Yeah. But Disney other, can be his father. Yes, but the other hand is... This totally opens up. That's impossible. <laughs> this totally opens up That's Star Wars land. There. Star Wars. Star. I'm sorry. That is the thing that since I was a kid I have been dying. But we already for. Ha- we already have Star Tours, and I think the obvious mm-hmm. too. And those rockets that you go into yes. Disneyland, those should be replaced speeders. by X wings. Speeders. No, alternate. Autopia. Autopia replaced by land. No alternate X wing and Tie fighters. Yes. Yes. One yes, after yes. the other. That is, yes. That is how <laughs> I've envisioned it. Yes. Uh, and then there's one that just spins off and it's got Vader in it. <laughs> Every now and then, one spins <laughs> off and crashes into the side of a building. Um, yeah, over I mean, and over and over, over again. Awesome. Oh, I love that. I mean, uh, yeehaw! Blow this but, thing! But, yeah, I don't see... I, you know, we talked about, talk about it on our emergency podcast on Tuesday. I don't see a negative to it because I think that, the, that it's... Well, I don't think I realize this. Most, as I call them, the normals, people that aren't like us, that aren't steeped in all this all the time. That I think work they, for a living? That actually work for a living. I, I, I work for a living. I'm just not normal. I, I think they already think that, thought that Disney did own Star Wars because you go to Disneyland and you see Star Tours. Yeah. The average person doesn't care about, well, there was this weird backroom deal and it's a licensing thing and Lucas could pull out at any minute. Um, I so can I, confirm my parents didn't think that. Yeah, just as I think that most people think that there's only one comic book company and it's Marvel. What? Yeah. And it, yeah, so Superman is a Marvel. Superman, as far as because they don't. Well, yeah, yeah. No, but, but I mean otherwise. <laughs> the the one the one fear I have oh. along those lines. Wait, <sighs> the one fear I have along those lines is is in story packaging. I would hope that that under Disney they would still be able to do an a uh, Empire Strikes Back style movie which ended darkly knowing there was another one coming up after it in the trilogy because Empire Strikes Back is really dark and sad at the end I mean you know it's we're pretty good. fragmented and good and and great it's one of the but I think because it's known as part of a trilogy I think Disney could do that I would we hope haven't that seen they could them really still handle do that. a trilogy yet I, I'm, I'm just worried about Disney has a lot of people who say I could market that better if we had the first part of your storyline from Return of the Jedi at the end of Empire Strikes Back. Well, the one thing we said uh, that I said incorrectly on the podcast Tuesday is I've since discovered Fox still controls uh, the the distribution of the first six Star Wars films. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So uh, there may still be more uh, a deal that needs to be made, but Disney can't now. They and cannot I- yet. Take those first six films. I and also do what read they want with that uh, Skywalker Ranch is part of the deal. Yes, it is. Right, and well, Lucas Games. Where is Lucas going to win? Oh no, I knew Lucas Games would be. And it wasn't is, mentioned, and no. that's a huge deal because Lucas Games has a leverageable backlog of Day of the Tentacle, right uh, there, film. Yeah, uh, Ma- Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion. Um, <laughs> but most important, I think, is Which we're going to see no more Island. Pirates of the Caribbean. We're going to see Monkey Island <laughs> movies. Guybrush Threep is going to make his revenge. It's going to be okay. huge. But what I want to know. About this deal, and is this going to do going to make it more likely to bring Firefly back? Because that's what actually matters. You know what? Firefly will come. It, back. it couldn't you hurt. So? Uh, but <laughs> let's see. Fox currently owns the show. Yeah. Universal currently owns the movie, movie. and Disney has not finished their negotiations and currently owning Joss Whedon. 
So we'll see where that goes. All right. It's only a matter of time, though, yes. please. I mean, you know, Joss Whedon's pretty much promised all his artistic integrity. They're going to come up with a new show. It's going to be called Lightbug. I, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Lightbug. Uh, but it, the weird thing is it's going to be reversed. It's going to be a space western instead of a western in space. Oh. It's going to be huge. Well, I was I was hoping uh, a new hope, you know, uh, with this, <laughs> this combination. The Hugo of winner my, speaks my back. Only, my, only, my only concern <laughs> is seeing Disney, you know, uh, Absorbing, <laughs> absorbing uh, Marvel Comics and now Lucas, uh, we're getting to where entertainment is like our entertainment can only come from uh, specific sources. And I think uh, there's, I think what this needs to do for independents is uh, independent authors. Uh, they have to be a lot more wary because Disney is very uh, litigious when it comes to guarding what they think is that their. Is true. True. Uh, they are. And 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 I th- I think of it as as kind of a uh, a squelch I, on creativity yeah. in, in the U.S. I agree. I think we should have diversity in our entertainment mm-hmm. the way we have in our news. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wait. No. <laughs> but you know, it does bring, I mean, fans have wanted for years those crossovers, right. and now they're and now we're getting what we've claimed we wanted. But you're right; there are dark mm-hmm. sides to it. Yeah. A- a- absolutely, and. Who knows? You know, like the, the news came out this weekend. I don't think that it's passed everything where there is an antitrust law that has to be examined. Can this merger go through? And there's, there's, the you know, and we've also left out the Muppets. Let's we have, we, the, you know, that Henson, uh, you know, the Disney owns the Muppets too. So, which reminds but they, me, did you guys, any of you notice that Ronald Reagan never gave a speech after Jim Henson died? You just blowed my mind. Maybe. He's right. Maybe. But uh, here's the funny thing. He was a fuzzy guy, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. They, Disney has a tendency to buy companies and be kind of hands-off. Not completely. No, I, I think they'll Pixar be pretty is the best example. Well, because what they did in exchange was they gave John Lasseter control over their animation as yes. well. And, but what's amazing is that they have very wisely kept Pixar. They've not done anything to diminish Pixar. This is the reason why John Carter was not a Pixar film as it was originally intended. Mm-hmm. But was a Disney film was they did not want to tarnish the Pixar image, and so if you you know John Carter would have done honor to the Pixar name. It was a good movie. Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm not arguing that. Hang on just a second before we don't before we get back into this argument. Um, is there anything else on our agenda? No, I'm not okay, gonna... I want to propose that we do a round of stump the Zorlac with our audience members. We have two members remaining. <laughs> two members remaining. One no three three, three. and one's not three. Heavy. Okay, she so, wandered off. All you have to do is come up with a Stump the Zorlac question, and you will win a prize. Right? I brought prizes. Yeah. Yes. So. What's a Zorlac? We've got, we got four members of the audience. If you have to out. ask, your mind can't handle it. So okay, a Zorlac is, is a keeper and owner and knowledgeable person about things that you're not really proud about knowing. Right, Derek? Got I it. am not proud. Uh, people right. who don't have day jobs. Oh, no, we have day jobs, but, you know, yeah. People that are not normals. Yeah. yeah. So, do we have any volunteers from the audience? There we go. Identify yourself first and talk into that microphone. This is Elkhorn, and I was wondering whether the Muppets will destroy the Death Star. Derek? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, well, Kermit, he's not much more than two meters. Uh, no, he's a, <laughs> not back Well, Yoda home. had something to do with that. Yeah, that's right. There we, uh, there's a combination. Um uh, you know, in the action figures that they, they actually at at Star Tours, you can get Muppets as the as Star the Wars figures. 
uh, as Star Wars characters and Kermit. So you're saying they already have? I think so. Uh, you know, long before this time, they have indeed. I think Kermit is Darth Vader. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, Gonzo is Darth. Was well, there a Star Wars sense. scene in any of the Muppet movies? Uh, no, but there is an episode of The Muppet Show, which is a Star Wars Well, they episode. do pigs in space. No, no, they, no. Mark Hamill, yeah. C-3PO, oh, yeah, and yeah. Chewbacca, all, and R2-D2 all guested on The Muppet Show. And Mark Hamill did a dual role of playing Mark Hamill and his cousin, so, Luke Skywalker. Not quite uh, <laughs> as crazy a question as you thought when you asked. And, and wait, 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 wait. And that was, was actually, that was canon. That became canon. That's right. Yes. Um, but even better was that there was, in the Great Muppet Caper, the two of them swinging across. And yes. for luck. So you'd trust me for luck. Yes. 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 Okay, next yes. question. We got Bob. Wait, Panic! He gets, Wait, he, he gets a prize. No, 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 no! Oh, yes, I have a method. I have a method. Oh, okay, Rick. help is Rick taking over. Bob, <laughs> say again. He needs a microphone. Right I want to know when Jedi Academy musical is coming out. When will Jedi Academy the musical oh, come that's out? That's pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. We well, yeah, step in. We got a guest Zorlak apparently. Go ahead. Yeah, Go no, ahead, it was. Um, uh, you already were discussing Disney attempting to buy Joss. Once that deal is complete, <laughs> once more with midichlorians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I see was, what you did. That was <laughs> Jennifer. Did you have a question? Banthas on parade. Banthas on parade. Oh, so. Is this like a we're supposed to stump you with trivia or Trump? Uh, a question that you would genuinely like to know, as sincerely as the other ter- two people have asked. <laughs> a question that's been bothering sincere. bothering you, be, and that you'd like to, to be you'd like to know, sincere, but you've not but been able to discern your, for yourself, and that you think that he, Derek may not actually know. What does happen in the last twenty minutes or so of the Star Wars Christmas special? <sighs> okay, oh. nice. Um, have you you would like to answer this? I'm gonna have to We're defer. talking about the Life Day ceremony. I, I have I have seen two sections of the Christmas special because it aired before my parents bought a VCR. So uh, I had jazz band rehearsal, and I was very bitter. I've given you a copy of it since then. Uh, actually, no, I don't think you, you have. have. I maybe you have. Yes, you did because I was going to watch it with Luke, and we haven't yet. I still haven't watched it, and. Uh, and uh, so I, kn- I know that it ends with them all gathered on Kashyyyk and uh, holding hands in the other section. It's the Life Day ceremony. It was the Life Day yes. ceremony, and I watched the Boba Fett animated, in which Boba Fett was uh, far more talkative in, in ten minutes than he was in every other film. And okay. I can actually explain something about that scene. And what, what you find confusing is that's one of the only scenes you see where the Wookiees are actually wearing clothing. Yes. They're all wearing robes. Yes. They're all wearing red robes. It kind of looks like a scene from Logan's Run because they're in a circle. <laughs> they renew. And it's life day. And it's they're all carousel. Gonna re- they're going to renew. But the reason. It's shaving day. The reason. You're close. Close, yeah. The reason they're wearing robes is because it was cheaper than making up all Wookiee outfits. They only had to make up the heads and hands. No. And so it was like shaving day. See, yes. I only remember Harvey Corman as the great spider uh, Julia Child. Yes. Uh, with the homemaking tips. But more uh, importantly, it Arthur. was B. Arthur 
and Art Carney. Art Carney, Art Carney as the bartender. Oh, yep. Art Carney. Oh. And he was spectacular. That, he, he was really did. good. He, he was the one. Always delivered. He was the one who would, who knew how to run around the empire. Yes. But the thing, I think, I don't know what it is that we're actually talking about because according to <laughs> Lucas, that special never happened. Yet. Yes, but how does Disney feel about it? No, well, my, my eyes and ears bled. No. It happened. I watched oh, I the loved first it. My prediction. My, my prediction. My ex took the DVD happily, so I never got a chance to try again. In in 2014, Wonderful <laughs> World of Color will come back on the air and show and Disney, show the Star Wars a brand special. new remake of with all the special effects that in Lucas couldn't do first. at the time <laughs> in the remake. Of the Christmas special, and then it will be canon. Hayden Christensen in Art Carney's role. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> in a mind warping. <laughs> we have one last question. You've been in the audience long enough to ask a question. I don't know. I've known Chris for many years, and I've tried to ask him questions, and he's so far he's never been stumped. So. Well, you're asking Derek, so it's I'm an entirely Derek. different ball game. Okay. Uh, assuming. Because Chris that just makes up the answers. Okay. Well, that actually is true. So yeah. assuming that you know, if we assume Mickey might be Luke Skywalker and Minnie Princess Leia, so what would happen if you know Mickey finds out that Minnie is truly his sister? Whoa. Well, Whoa. you know, actually, this came up in a conversation. Sadly, oh, this is not the first time I've had to have this conversation this week, and that's what makes him a Zorlak. <laughs> really weird. Um, there's but a whole lot of there's a whole lot of weird something psychosexual going on there. They're in, never going to put Minnie in, in, in a gold bikini. No, they, they have. No, they, they have. have. The, action figure, the action figures there. Oh, for heaven's uh, And Stitch is Darth Vader, and uh, and, Do- and Donald Duck again. is Darth Maul. No, no, they're only available at Disneyland. Oh. Or actually, they were only available at California Adventure for a long time, and I think they're moving them over to the Star Tours. Tomorrowland. Right. Yeah. But oh. actually, the it's thing I was saying is... a good thing you can is, drink wine. Saying it, is, it is horrible because <laughs> there are actually twin twin mice as well, like Donald and Daisy having uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, their nephews, wink, uh, that uh, Mickey and Minnie have Morty and Ferdy who never caught on, but they're there. So there are twins, and we know that Leah and Han have twins... An expanded universe, so wow. it all is just going to fit. It's all been laid out. All is going according to prophecy as laid out in the Journal of the Whills. Uh, okay, so wow. now we have... <laughs> so! So now, now the contest... Best this whole life ever. Now, now, the contest, now the contest begins because we have three prizes and four winners. So among all of us, we have to choose which were the best (laughs) questions. And I'm going to go, I'm going to point to Jennifer first and applaud if you think hers was the best. And then I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Jade. Jade? Yeah. Jade's question. Elkhorn. Bob. I don't remember who asked what. Bob, I think <laughs> I, I'm afraid, but but there is a possibility you might still get in. So we, there is the bonus round. I actually no no, no. I actually think the questions went one two three four. Okay, was my right. was my audio reading? So you have because I've got the good head Yeah, my prize stack. So one gets to choose from the stack. One thing you can either get now. Derek, explain from, each one of these. Right from uh, fifty nine fifty. Uh, an Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton, Disney concept art cap. Or, or 
Uh, the best of Red versus Blue, the Halo-based comedy series, or the latest, I'm not even sure if this is, has hit the stands, but courtesy of Gallery Books, the latest StarCraft II novel, Flashpoint, by Christy Golden. So, so you get your first choice. If you don't think you'd enjoy any of these, you may pass, and Bob will get a prize. No, I'm, I'm going to go with the Flashpoint. All right. Okay. Excellent. You selected Flashpoint. Flashpoint, StarCraft Flashpoint. 2, by, by Christy, Christy Golden. Golden. Thank you, Gallery Books. Jennifer. I know you, you were drooling when Red Blur vs. Blue came out. Yeah, but I really like both of those things. Yeah, you can't have both. Yeah. You can't have both. Which thing do I like better? What do you guys think? Probably I think fit, it's styling. It probably fits good. better than Red vs. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two step. Excellent. Good okay. Choice. And Elkhorn gets Red vs. Blue, the best of Red vs. Blue. Mm. Excellent. Well, thank you. Another convention. Uh, thank you for being a good sport, Bob. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Victory through attrition. But if there is stuff you want, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Comments, compliments, commentary, consultation. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. We'd like to thank our special guests. Oh, uh, Steve Jackson left, but we're glad to have him. And Mo Starkey, Hugo winner with a better Woo, ratio. Thank you. Mo Starkey and uh, science fiction author Stephen Bruce. And so uh, we should say one last thing. See, Christmas is coming up. Anything on gift list that you've got a project coming up? So what's your latest project so that people can uh, put that on their Christmas list? September. Yeah, it's not out until September. And oh, well, so then that's the way too out. Uh, okay, what, what's Christmas out? Christmas next year. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Christmas 2013, if it exists. In uh, September of, 20, of 2013, we'll, uh, a book called The Incrementalist, co-written with Skylar White, and I'm Ooh. very geeked on it. It'll be a blast. All right, the incrementalist. And Mo. Uh, check out old school, O L D E S K U U L. Um, just like it sounds. Just like it sounds, old school. You, you spell uh, like Rebecca Heineman uh, and Janelle uh, Jaques and I, and uh, Sue Manley. We're uh, putting together the Rip. It's uh, an RPG. Okay, cool. And also, out. you should check out Mo's art on. The covers yeah. of The Drink Tank on eFanzines.com. All right, excellent. Oh, we've somehow managed to turn it around to you. There we That's go. Okay. right. So I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Hugo Award winner Christopher J. Ah. Garcia, who will be trading on that for the rest of his life. Ah. And live from Comic-Con, I'm Rick Brett Snyder. We're not at Comic-Con. Pardon me. And live from <laughs> Convolution. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> and live from Convolution, I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I dot com.